Hello, good morning, and welcome to another episode of You May Not Like This, But. In my prayers and in my readings, I have been led, I believe, by the Spirit of God into a very solemn subject, and that is the judgments of God. Um, I was the formation of this, the foundation of it, the bedrock of it, was with regard to the second chapter of the Epistle to the Romans, and the first sixteen verses, which I believe I should read out to you now. And then I will look at some of the notes that really led me to the what I'm going to what I want to bring out in a couple of future episodes as you'll see so let let's read the scriptures together Romans chapter 2 verses uh, 1 to 16 um, and therefore thou art inexcusable o man whosoever thou art that judgest for wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. For thou that judgest doest the same things. But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which can commit such things. And thinkest thou this, O man, that judgest them which do such things, and doest the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God? Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness, and forbearance, and long-suffering, and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance? But after thy hardness and impenitent heart treasurest up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who will render to every man according to his deeds, to them who by patient continuance in well-doing, seek for glory and honour and immortality, eternal life. But unto them that are contentious, and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation and wrath, tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil, of the Jew first, and also of the Greek, but glory, honour, and peace to every man that worketh good, to the Jew first, and also to the Gentile. For there is no respect of persons with God. For as many as have sinned without the law shall also perish without the law. And as many as have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. For not the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. 
For when the Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature the things contained in the law, these, not having the law, are a law unto themselves, which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and their thoughts the meanwhile accusing or else excusing one another. In the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ, according to my gospel. Now then, the whole, there are many, many things that you could say about all those verses that I just read, and many, many things have been said about them by men and women who are far more intelligent than me, who have known great blessing, who have enormous uh, background in learning. But what I am interested in this in in this blog and in this podcast of this blog, both written and um, spoken, is getting people to the point where people are saved and people who know how to get saved and showing people how to get saved. There's a scriptural phrase that is very used and is very true, and it's that the scriptures are there and they exist to make us wise unto salvation. It's a flowery way of saying that the scriptures show us how to get saved. And that has been my mission statement, my personally held mission statement. It was in doing this, both the written blog and this this podcast, which is part of the same thing, that we should get the, the, the knowledge. You see, God has had mercy, has shown mercy to us about our, in the, in the face of all our waywardness and sinfulness. God has showed wonderful mercy in the Lord Jesus Christ. Even though we have ignored it, it is still there. I could talk for ages on it and really speak in about many things. But the way I've le- been led to this passage of Scripture and all that comes out of it and where I believe the Lord is leading me as a result of leading me to this is the subject of judgment. I never thought that I would would feel led to or be led I don't know why, but I don't. I just can't conceive in my mind why I should be led to talk about judgment, especially when I want people not only to get saved, but to know how to be saved under that wonderful panacea that is 
the mercy of God. If you want to know anything about the forgiveness of sins and the, um, the, the way to receive the forgiveness of sins, or read, read, read Psalm 130, known in the church liturgy as the De Profundis, and it shows us how to get saved. And it's talking about the forgiveness of sin. But still, let me read you the note that has brought me to this. Just a quick note. Throughout the scriptures, God is presented as a judge. In the Old Testament, the judgment is God, of God is observable through the flood, through the destruction of Sodom, and the collapse of various nations, including, including both Israel and Judah. Now, I'm breaking from the notes here. To, you think, well, yes, but in the New Testament, it's all going to be beautiful. It's no judgment. I'm sorry that I have to tell you, but you're wrong. If I can continue with this note. In the New Testament, judgment tends to occur in no less, no less, than eight areas. One, the cross judgment. Two, the believer's self-judgment. Three, the chastisement by the Father. Four, the judgment seat of Christ. Five, the tribulation. Six, the judgment of Gentile nations. Seven, the great white throne judgment. And eight, the judgment of angels. That's an awful lot of judgment. And what I see in there is a huge, huge opportunity to proclaim not death and destruction, doom and gloom, but the mercy of God. I think it was from, and I'm speaking from memory, the prophet Jeremiah, who begged with God to that in his wrath, that is, in, in his judgment, he would remember mercy. And I believe God, being the God of our salvation, is the God of mercy in and through the judgments, all the judgments of the Old Testament and the eight judgments of the New Testament. And it's those eight judgments 
and the mercies um, embedded in them that I want to talk about in the next few episodes. The and this, I suppose, is a an introduction to those episodes which I have not yet written, um, but they are the eight judgments of the eight New Testament judgments of God and the great mercy of God embedded in them. But I will say this, I will ask you this in closing, and that is, why is there judgment at all? Because, well, one, because we have sinned, and two, because sin has its consequences. You don't have to wait until the end of the world to come to this knowledge and to know that it's true. You know it's true now. And it, not just knowing it, we can be, we enter into its experience as a precursor of it. Just think. You know, you, we all know, that our behavior has consequences. It's all ripples in a pond. We know that. And our behavior, our words, go out and out and out and out and out into places we know not where. And they can be for good or for ill. You may not know. You may never know the people you've hurt. But you have. You have said something and it's gone on and it's cut a person down and it's ruined their life and you'll never know. You know, it's a terrible thought, isn't it? But on the other hand, the opposite is also true. That you, there are people that, you, well, you may have said and done something and people have remembered it from year on, year on, and generations and other friends and families have heard about it and you've never known. And it's blessed them and you've been a blessing to them years ago by something you might have just said completely unthought about. You didn't think about it. You just said something from what you were thinking and people have latched onto it and it's been a blessing to them and you won't know. But you see, you do know that your words and your actions have consequences. And God is not unjust in these things. For the God of justice, to be the God of mercy, he has to deal with what it is that causes justice to be needed. And that means that he will judge, and he has judged us, in sending his own only begotten Son into the world to die on the cross. He has dealt with our sin, and the forgiveness of sin is available to all who call upon him in repentance and faith that if you shall believe in your heart 
the Lord Jesus, and shall confess him with your mouth, you shall be saved. No question. Don't doubt it. You may think, well, it's not very grand. It is more grand than any of the epic miracles and epic acts that you see in the Bible and in history. You will, it's greater than, it's greater than all creation is the conversion of one human being. You see, in order for sin to be dealt with, it was impossible that any one person could deal with it. You can't put it away. Why is that? Because the result of sin is ultimately death. And death means estrangement from God, not um, not being connected to God. That is something we don't understand in this world, because if you're alive, you are, you are now, right now, connected to God. That's the proof that you are alive. That's the proof that you are connected to God is because you're alive. That's how you know you are connected to God. But you still sin. We all don't shilly-shally around it. We all sin. But we cannot deal with it. We can try and turn over a new leaf and ultimately we will die. But if someone comes along, what was needed, you see, is that someone should come along. What was needed to deal with sin is that someone should come along who did not deserve to die, but did die. How is that possible? If who is going to be found that was in order to not deserve to die because of sin, there must be no sin on this person. And that's what happened. The last days, and we love Americans and other scholars, Bible scholars, love to talk about the last days. When did the last days begin? And many are arguing over this. Some even say it was as recently as 1948. No, no, no. The last days began with these words. Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it done unto me according to thy word. And that part there is very important. Because it says in John chapter 1 that the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Right? So the word, be it done unto me according to thy word, that was the moment when, the, as it says in the Apostles' Creed, I believe in Jesus Christ, the only Son of God. 
He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Blessed Virgin Mary. You see, that moment when the Virgin Mary said those wonderful words, that was the moment that the Lord Jesus came into this world. And it says then about that in the epistle to the Hebrews, it says, God, who spoke to us in many very various ways in time past, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son. So the last days began when Jesus came into this world. And that, those words I have just said, repeated, of the Virgin Mary, behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it done unto me according to thy word. Those were the words that began the last days. Now then, when that Lord Jesus was born, he did not deserve to die. There was no sin on him. They was not stained by the curse of sin and death, as we all are. And as good as many people have been, they are just not good enough. And we know in our own minds that if we didn't deserve to die, there's no way we would die, because we, we, we hear we would say, well, look, there's other people are dying. I don't deserve to die. I don't deserve this. So I, I'm carrying on my sweet way. But that would be no love, and it would be just as sinful. Do you see? It's impossible to think outside sin. That's why we know that this is true, that the Lord Jesus came into this world who did not who was not born in sin who did not have the mind of sin and he lived in this world as an example to us uh, the example of Christ is that he lived with the holy spirit inside him and with the word of god in front of him that's how he lived. And the reason he did that, he was showing us, once we believe and are and thusly saved, how we should live. We have the Holy Spirit in us, and we live with the Holy Spirit in us, but we must also live with as we have the Holy Spirit in us, we must take up the Word of God in front of us. And we live as Jesus lived. Oh, it's a wonderful thought. But it's like this. He dealt with our sin, who did not deserve to die, by giving himself to death. He said, no one takes this life takes my life from me, but I give my life. He gave himself for, he loved us and still loves us. 
and gave himself for us. And he is seated today at the right hand of the Father, ever living to make intercession for us. And when the Father looks at us, he sees him in us. And there you have sin dealt with. Somebody who did not not deserve to die gave himself to death. And once one innocent man dies, you see, having said the soul that sins will die, and he did not deserving to die because he did not sin, died anyway, that, that became the end of sinful and sin being a penalty against us. That once we believe in Jesus, we can go on and we know that we are saved and live like he lived. And we are free to live like he lived, not bound by rules and regulations, but by living in the freedom to live as he lived and be good people and the freedom to be good people. No, we're not perfect yet, but we will be. We don't worship as we should. There's lots of things we could say about this, but we won't. But it's like this. We believe in Jesus, and we are under that umbrella of the mercy of God, sure and steadfast, unmovable, unchanging. You will never be against us again. Never think, oh yes, I've sinned away my privileges. You can be restored. God restore you. May God the Lord restore you. But you see, there are judgments. But these these judgments, like the, the letters in a stick of rock that you buy at the seaside, have you ever bought one of them? I can't eat them. They're, they're basically a block of sugar. I can't even begin to think of eating them. But the thing is, though, you've got to remember, they are specially made according to the area, the place in which you buy them. And what you get is you buy a big stick of sugar and the letters of comprising the name of the place where you are are going right through that stick of rock. And you eat it right to the end, and you'll still see that place name. And you've eaten that place. And that's the souvenir. Well, it's like that with the judgments of God. With all of them. Because it's the God of mercy that is doing these things, His mercy is running right through that judgment like the letters in a stick of rock. He cannot be the God of of belligerence and revenge and so on. He's the God of justice. He's done justice. Justice has been taken care of. (laughs) It's been outmoded. It's not just even been upgraded. It's been outmoded by the death of Jesus on the cross. But those judgments 
and thusly because he's not the God of judgment, he is the God of mercy, his mercy is running through all those judgments. And that's what we will see. But for now, for this episode, what I want you to see is that God is the God of mercy. Don't be all bogged down with details. On um, microscopic, on micro microscopic meanings of words and so on, you, you it, it it'll do your head in. Simple as that. What I want you to focus on this morning is that if you continue in well doing, God will bless you. But you cannot begin truly God blessed well doing until you come in repentance and faith, to know the Lord Jesus Christ as the only begotten Son of the living God, but also as the Lord of your life and also as your personal Saviour. Go to him with great with words of repentance even though and i will say this even though you feel you have not sinned well there's where you start confess to him i don't feel as if i've sinned but your word says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of god that means that i've sinned and come short of the glory of god i don't know what i've thought what I've said, what I've done. But I know that your word is true. I know, therefore, that I have sinned. And I, and I ask you to have mercy on me and take away this sin. And then you ask, O oh Lord Jesus, make me clean. I, your word says, I will. Be thou clean. Heavenly Father, come to me. Come close to me. Draw near to my heart this morning. Wash away my sins and come into my heart and be my personal Saviour. You are the Son of the living God. You are the you are the, the Lord of my life. But I pray this morning that you will be my personal Savior. Oh, come to my heart, Lord Jesus. Come in today. Come in to stay. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. As it says in the Christmas carol, Oh, holy child, of Bethlehem. Descend to us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in. Be born in us today. Why, oh, personalize that verse. Oh, holy child of Bethlehem, descend to me, I pray. Cast out my sin and enter in. Be born in me 
today. I look forward to looking at the eight New Testament judgments of God, one by one, one episode for each. And I, I can't wait. I'm excited to think of what lies in store. And it will be good. I know this much because it's from God. But meanwhile, until that next episode comes, until it's uploaded, may the Lord bless you. Thank you for listening. And I look forward to doing this again. Bye for now.